exceptions to God's instructions. Last podcast, we talked about holiness and sin. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. During that episode, we spent some additional time talking about holiness. This week, we thought we would spend a bit more time on sin. There's so much we have learned about how our Heavenly Father views sin. Things we didn't know and things we didn't think applied to today's followers of Yeshua. Boy, were we wrong. This is a red pill worth sharing. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at www.redpilltorah.com. On Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We really love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a special shout out to our friends in Delaware and Massachusetts. So let's start in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 10 today. The first two verses say, Blessed is the man who trusts in Yehovah. Yehovah will be his security. He will be like a tree planted near water. It spreads out its roots by the river. It does not notice when heat comes, and its foliage is luxurious. It is not anxious in a year of drought, but keeps on yielding fruit. This first half of the scripture reminds me of Psalms number 1, which says that a person who rejects advice from wicked people and does not take a position with scoffers, but rather delights in the Torah of Elohim, is like a tree planted by rivers. In both scriptures, the tree is fruitful with no times of loss. What a wonderful way to be, prosperous at all times. Mm -hmm. Gratefully, we now know that prosperity in the true riches of Elohim, riches that don't rust, can't be stolen, and will stand the test of fire. Now that is the area in which we are to perpetually prosper. The things of this world are merely currency for us to convert to the true riches of Elohim. Amen, Daddy. The things of this world are lightly esteemed by our Elohim. Uh, May we all learn to value what really matters to Him. Verse 9 in Jeremiah 17 continues with, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and mortally sick. Who can fathom it? I, Jehovah, search the heart. I test the inner motivations in order to give to everyone what his actions and conduct deserve. These two verses are an interesting contrast to verse 7 and 8. We go from blessings, well, we go from the blessings of trust in Elohim to the deceitfulness of our own hearts. Even while we trust in him, as much as we know to trust him, we can still be deceived by our own hearts. It takes more than good intentions or our best judgment. We must follow the word of Jehovah as closely as we can. There have been instances of people saying that they were following the leading of the Ruah HaKodesh, yet doing things that did not line up with the written word. We know that the Ruah HaKodesh leads us into truth, the same truth written in the scriptures. It makes me wonder who those people are really following but more on that in a future podcast. That podcast will be a good one, Mama. You know, the scary thing about being deceived is that you may not know that you're deceived. 
Now, when you realize that you've held on to doctrines that are out of line with the Torah, then you're responsible for changing your own beliefs. You cannot blame someone else for what you believe. That's why at Red Pill Torah, we talk so much about those noble Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 12. They heard teaching, and they searched the scriptures to ensure the things they heard were true. The Ruach HaKodesh will lead you into truth, but you have to be willing to follow. The Torah teaches us about other situations in which a person is not aware of a problem. Elohim's way of assigning responsibility in these situations is not commonly taught to believers these days. Leviticus chapter 4 covers situations in which a person is not aware that a sin was committed. Verse 13 starts with a good example. It says, If the entire community of Israel inadvertently makes a mistake, with the assembly being unaware of the matter, and they do something against any of the mitzvot, or the commandments of Jehovah, concerning things that should not be done, they are guilty. When the sin they have committed becomes known to them, then the assembly is to offer a young bull as a sin offering and bring it before the tent of meeting. The leaders of the community are to lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter the bull in the presence of Jehovah. The priest has detailed instructions to follow in order for the congregation's sin to be forgiven. Later in the same chapter, instructions are given for a ruler who sins and is unaware, and for a common person who sins and is unaware. In every case, when the sin becomes known to the people, it is sin to them. Even in instances when we are not aware of our sin, our Heavenly Father is aware. When we do become aware, we are responsible for the sin we committed. The remedy for a believer's sin is found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. It says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of his Son, Yeshua, the Messiah, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to not have sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us of our sins. He will forgive them and purify us from all wrongdoing. If we claim we have not been sinning, we are making him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Mm. Amen, Mama. Let's cover some additional aspects of responsibility for sin. Now, one aspect which was also covered in the scripture you mentioned, Mama, is Deuteronomy 21, verses 1 through 9. Verse 1 starts with, If in the land Yehovah your Elohim is giving you to possess, a murder victim is found lying in the countryside, and the perpetrator of the murder is not known, then your leaders and judges are to go out and me measure the distance between it and the surrounding towns. After it has been determined which town is the closest, the leaders of that town are to take a young female cow that has never been put to work or yoked for use as a draft animal. In short, the leaders of that town are to bring the cow to a stream, break the cow's neck, wash their hands over the cow, and say, 
This blood was not shed by our hands, nor have we seen who did it. Yehovah, forgive your people Israel, whom you redeemed. Do not allow innocent blood to be shed among your people Israel, and they will be forgiven for this bloodshed. In that way, they could rid themselves of the blood guilt in the land. Many believers may be more familiar with the story in Joshua chapter 7. The armies of Israel were instructed by Elohim to not touch any of the spoils of war from the victory at Jericho. They were to destroy everything. Verse 1 says that the people of Israel took some of the goods set aside to be destroyed, for Achan of the tribe of Judah took some of the things reserved for destruction. For that reason, the anger of Jehovah was kindled against the people of Israel. The next city to be conquered was Ai, a small city with few people. Verses 4 and 5 say, From the people of Israel, about 3,000 men were to, went to fight, but they were routed by the men of Ai. The men of Ai killed some 36 of them and chased them from before their gate all the way to Shivarim attacking them on the descent. The hearts of the people melted and turned to water. Joshua and the leaders fell on their faces before the Ark of Jehovah, asking how he could possibly allow them to come so far to be wiped out in the land he promised to them. Starting at verse 10, Jehovah said to Joshua, Stand up. Why are you lying there face down? Israel has sinned. Yes, they have violated my covenant, which I commanded them. They have taken some of what was to have been set aside for destruction. They have stolen it, lied about it, and put it with their own things. This is why the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs on their enemies because they have come under a curse. I won't be with you any more unless... You destroy the things meant for destruction that you have with you. Yehovah instructed Joshua to get up and prepare the people for his righteous judgment the next day. Joshua and all of Israel obeyed Yehovah's instruction. The next day, Joshua had each tribe come forth, one at a time. The tribe of Judah was selected. Each family and household was sorted until they came to Achan. Starting with verse 19, Joshua said to Achan, My son, swear to Jehovah, the Elohim of Israel, that you will tell the truth and confess to him. Tell me now, what did you do? Don't hide anything from me. Achan answered Joshua, It is true. I have sinned against Elohim, the God of Israel. Here is exactly what I did. When I saw there with the spoil a beautiful robe from Shinar, five pounds of silver shekel, and a one and a quarter pound wedge of gold. I really wanted them, so I took them. You will find them hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Joshua sent messengers who ran to the tent. It was all there. They took the things from inside the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the people of Israel and put them down before Jehovah. Joshua together with all of Israel took Achan the son of Zerach, with the silver, the robe, the gold wedge, his sons, his daughters, his cattle, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and everything he had, and brought them up to the Akor Valley. There 
Israel stoned Achan to death. They stoned his family. They burnt all his possessions and covered them with a huge pile of stones. With that, Jehovah turned away from his fierce anger. The common theme between the story of Achan, the story of the unknown murder victim, and the unknown sin committed by Israel is the concept of arivut. This is a Hebrew word that means mutual responsibility or surety. In essence, every individual in the group is responsible for the welfare of the entire group. In the story of Akan, Elohim said that Israel had sinned, not just Akan. In the case of the murder victim, Elohim held the people in the nearest town accountable for doing something to deal with the blood guilt on the land. They may have had nothing to do with the death of that victim. Regardless, they had to take action. Likewise, when all of Israel had sinned unknowingly, they all had to deal with the sin when it came known to them. In my experience, we believers tend to feel a distance from some sins because we may not personally partake in them. If others in our church regularly sin, Elohim has a problem with the whole church. All of the members are guilty by association. This is how Elohim deals with any group of people, whether it is a family, a nation, a company, or some type of association. Erevut makes the coming day of fasting and repentance so much more important than we may realize. It would be tragic for our world if believers in the Elohim of Israel do not humble ourselves and repent on behalf of the groups we are in. Not one of us, whether individuals or groups, stand before Elohim with no need to repent for something. It is up to those of us who are in covenant to ask for the mercy of Jehovah. We need it now, perhaps more than ever. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with his instructions. Would you take the blue pill and assume that the sin around you has nothing to do with you? Or would you take the red pill, repent on behalf of the people in your group, and teach them the righteous ways of Elohim? Only you can answer that question. Just remember that whether you were deceived, misled, uninvolved, or you sinned by accident, you have to do something. Just as Elohim had Israelites place their hands on their sacrifice's head and openly confess their sins, we must also take action to deal with our sin. Amen. Amen, Daddy. There's so much more we'd like to share, but that's it for today. Uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate your prayers and comments. Listen again at your leisure, read over the scriptures, and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you, you can, can handle, handle the truth. truth.